Welcome to the Fatherhood Challenge program. The Fatherhood Challenge is a movement to awaken and inspire fathers everywhere to take great pride in their role and to challenge society to understand how important fathers are to the stability of an environment and culture. We're going to encourage and challenge each other to step up and do courageous things that make our families and communities better places. So let's get to it. Greetings, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. It's always great to have you with me. My guest today is Pastor Scott Ritzema, and he is with Belt of Truth Ministries. And I have him on here again to talk about, again, a very important topic. We have touched on this topic before from an experiential perspective, meaning from the eyes of someone who's actually gone through it. And so now we're going to take a little bit of a broader look at this and kind of get into the background of what's going on. So what we are talking specifically about is the pornography addiction and the impact that it has on families. Scott, thank you so much for being with us today. It's great to be with you, Jonathan. Thank you for having me. And yeah, this is a super relevant, obviously very practical and serious topic to tackle. And so I appreciate you being willing to go there. What is the earliest age that you know of the kids are being exposed to porn and in what ways are they being ex- exposed? A lot of them are having exposure as early as six to eight years old. A, a, that's not the majority, but once you get into those middle school years, we're looking at high exposure rates, majorities of, of those preteen and early teen age children. Um, a lot of it's through through friends, through having digital devices of their own without proper controls on them, or just accidentally. You know, the, the pornographers out there are predators. They're trying to, like a drug dealer and a drug pusher, get the kids hooked so that they will be a part of that that uh, captive audience, literally speaking, captivated and, and held captive by these addictions and from an early age. So it is really tragic and, and harmful and, and scary what's happening as far as the children's exposure. Well, what impact is it having on the development of adolescent kids and teenagers? Well, you know that the template, the initial impression that they get of what sexuality is, is going to come from those very graphic and startling images that they see. This is going to carry with them into adulthood, not only the addiction aspect, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but that that um, forming and shaping of how they view, view the gift of sexuality, the intimacy that God created for Adam and Eve to have in the Garden of Eden for, for adult married male and female couples to enjoy and to utilize within that context only. Um, the kids are obviously seeing that this is to be promiscuity and then you get very even damaging, um, you know, divergent and, and very uh, perverted versions of it that they're being inundated with. I mean, we, we don't want to get graphic in our descriptions, but we're talking about very shocking imagery. Um, it's not just, um, you know, what it may have been in the old days where a kid is watching a, a, an R-rated movie or a PG-13 rated movie that they shouldn't be watching. And they were exposed to, you know, some immodesty, uh, you know, some nudity in that sense, which is as bad enough in itself. But the kinds of things that they're being hit with are, are it's a whole new challenge for this generation. What kind of impact does I mean, we're going a little bit further down. We talked about adolescence, but what impact does porn have on dads? And their marriage and the relationship with their kids. Well, as far as the marriage goes, it's adultery, 
right? I mean, uh, Jesus said that lusting after a woman who is not your wife is, is adultery. And, and, you know, God, God created that attraction, that desire for woman, and that should be woman singular, right? Um, and a lot of people who, who say, well, I'm struggling with, with, with same-sex attraction. You know what? You're struggling with the same thing that every man is struggling with, an attraction to many, many individuals out there who are not your spouse. And so we all have to battle this and not enter, enter into those adulterous uh, feelings, emotions, lusts. Um, desiring a, your, your wife is, a, is an appropriate thing. But what happens when you're exposed to all of this hyper-stimulating pornography that we were never intended to be viewing, it's releasing immense amounts, unhealthy amounts, damaging amounts of dopamine in the brain. And it completely takes over the reward circuitry of the brain so that the satisfaction and the enjoyability and the desirability of the simple marital context becomes muted and numbed by comparison. And then, of course, you feel terrible about yourself if you're in that addiction and uh, that, that that the confidence and the intimacy has been has been marred and damaged the devil's got the pornography addict in the depths of depression despair um, effect on marriage and family is depression with every addiction comes depression because you're ruining the reward circuitry of the brain the pleasure circuits of the brain um, it, it also impacts a father's ability to mentor his children spiritually when he knows he is in the depths of this this addiction and feeling you know incapable and inadequate spiritually and so you feel like a like a like a fake you know and so it just really everything breaks down when the devil gets that addictive trap around the neck of these of these fathers and they can't they can't have that strength of character the fortitude and the to be the house band to be that the protector spiritually of that family. You're, you're bringing evil into the home, darkness into the home. You know, the devil, evil angels uh, participate in all of these depraved things from the Hollywood media to the music industry stuff that's been dedicated to Satan by the musicians. And then, of course, the pornography, the darkest, deepest thing there is. That, so it's, it's really disrupting families on a, on a relational level, on a spiritual level, on an emotional level, and just about everything that can be messed up is being messed up by this pornography addiction by fathers. So what are the generational consequences when it comes to kids, this whole generation to generation thing? What does that look like when there is a father that is trapped within a porn addiction? You know, a lot of times the kids are not aware of it. And so you might say, well, it's not going to affect them then. But actually, it really does. Um, not only because the parenting is going to change, as we were just discussing a moment ago, but also they're, they're, when, when parents reproduce and procreate and a child comes in, into being, that child receives the DNA imprint, obviously, right, of the parents. And that's been known. The eye color. They look like mom. They look like dad. That You know, so on. But there's another element of genetics called epigenetics. And the epigenetics is the instructions that are above the genes. And those epigenetic switches, so to speak, can either be turned on or turned off. And the amazing thing about the, the newborn child is that not only does it receive the genetic sequence and the DNA that the parents have passed on, but also the instructions of what genes to turn on, what genes to turn off, how they express. And so... When parents are living a healthy life in every respect, 
uh, physically healthy, emotionally, spiritually healthy, then they pass on a genetic inheritance to their children that actually gives them a advantage. And, and so here's some, some positive news, right? We can, we can handle and tackle these challenges, these difficulties, and actually give our children an advantage. Of course, the flip side of that is that it does impact children if we have been engaged in, in depravities and, and unhealthy lifestyles and so on, that, that, that that's going to um, be received also by the children in certain respects uh, as, a, as an epigenetic inheritance. Um, also, the, uh, the example, you know, because sometimes children do know, and why is dad awake in the middle of the night for so long? What is he addicted to on his computer? And it, it takes its toll when the father isn't there with the energy, with the interest, with the, um, the time uh, for the children. And, um, you know, that children sense and feel things that they're not even cognitively aware of. They couldn't name it, but it's impacting them in a way that uh, is going to be harmful. But again, the flip side, the hope, the promise of that is when we break free from these things, we cannot damage our children, but we can give them not just neutrality, but a advantage in their spiritual walk because they know they're validated, valued, and enhanced by a strong, confident, victorious father. So what I'm hearing all this is though, even though the genetics can set up for a disadvantage, on the other side of it, a father who's recovered for, from it has the opportunity to completely change that around with a behavioral pattern that's different. Yeah, exactly. A, a child's epigenetic switches can be turned on and turned off as just as the, just as the parents. A, a child who's undergone uh, trauma, um, uh, neglect, these kinds of things, they can heal, they can be restored. You know, the Bible gives us a promise. It says that we can all be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so that applies to the addiction itself, to the, to the mind needing to overcome the addiction. That applies to the emotional context, husband to wife, husband to children. That applies to the spiritual context of a Christ-centered home and children feeling loved, cherished, valued, and empowered by Christian parents. So that's, that's the powerful news about who we are and God, how God made us is we are not genetically, uh, we don't have our destiny set for us uh, with our brain and with our epigenetics. All of that can be transformed and renewed. It can be changed and altered based upon the inputs. And what are the inputs? Diet, um, uh, positive words of affirmation, nature exposure, uh, the, the, um, the being valued and validated by parents, giving children that security, secure attachment to parents, um, a loving church environment, Christ-centered home, music, um, positive words of affirmation, uh, gratitude and praise to God. I mean, there's so many ways. And did I mention diet? That's actually really a big one. All of these can help with the formation and the transformation of our children's minds and, and for the addict as well. I think that's a really powerful, useful tool or resource for both adults and for children to be able to do that, to get outside more instead of getting into devices and things like that. Uh, my wife runs her own private practice at Dreamweaver Therapy, PLLC, and she has talked relentlessly about getting outside with nature, connecting on that level but spiritually as well to have your prayer time. It's a great time to get in touch with the true nature of who your creator made you to be. You know, nature and revelation alike testify of God's love. And it is by beholding that we become changed. 
So if we want to be transformed and renewed of our mind, then we behold the perfect pattern. We think more of Jesus and less of the harms that we've done. We look to his character, not to our own defamed and defaulted and and, and marred character. The choices that we've done have indeed uh, changed us in uh, for the worse, but the promise is that we can have a renewed mind. I mean, and, and if I were to show you images of what the brain of a pornography addict looks like, it's it's scary. It's it's shocking. And you look at that brain compared to a cocaine addict's brain, and it's actually it looks even worse. And so when I do seminars on this topic, I always like to end with the whole, healthy, happy looking brain with a heading above it that simply says renewed mind. And so when you're in nature and you have that peace and you're getting exercise, you're getting good fresh air. That's another benefit when it comes to battling this addiction. It says in the book, Ministry of Healing, that a good respiration soothes the nerves. And that was stated a long time ago before they knew quite as much about brain nerves, in particular, the nerves that go up into the limbic system of the brain from the top of the neck, the dorsal vagal nerve, that is calmed. And the limbic system, when you take a deep breath, when you have good oxygen and take deep breaths, and the limbic system is where the lusts of the flesh are, are, are clamoring for satisfaction. It's where the amygdala is. And interestingly, we usually think of the amygdala in the brain as associated with fear and anxiety. But the amygdala is also actually firing off when we're engaged in a lustful thought pattern or behavior. And so anything that we can do to bring peace, tranquility, calm, lower stress, all of that is going to improve the calming of those nerves and calming of that limbic system and the fresh air and the peace that nature provides. Nature is hugely powerful for reducing stress Uh, that enhances also the frontal lobe. Stress reduces frontal lobe and nature enhances frontal lobe. And it's that prefrontal cortex, particularly, that is the executive center, the executive function of the brain. And when you have a strong prefrontal cortex, you're able to overrule the temptations, the negative thoughts, the lustful thoughts that intrude. And so that's the power of God's methods that you mentioned with nature and and all of the things that God has given to us at our disposal to gain the victory. The Bible says it's a promise. You know, we have the victory through Jesus Christ. The verse says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What is really going on in the background? What exactly is Satan's agenda? What are all of his goals? What is it that he's trying to accomplish with porn? And then the ultimate question, is he succeeding? I don't want to give him that much credit because all of his efforts right now where there are attempted successes on his part, they're all going to backfire on him because when men catapult out of this addiction, break free, they become the most empowered and strong leaders. They will be the Martin Luther's of this generation, the John Calvin's, the John Wesley's of this generation to finish the work and bring the everlasting gospel of, 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 of Jesus Christ to the ends of the world. Uh, but but his, his agenda, is is clear and present and and very real. Um, in fact, it's not his first rodeo doing this. There was a time where the Israelites were about to cross the Jordan River to go into Canaan. Now, I believe that Jesus is coming soon, and we are soon going to the heavenly Canaan. Well, what kind of temptation 
did Satan bring through Balak, who was trying to get Balaam to curse the Israelites so that they wouldn't be able to go and possess the land? That's in the book of Numbers. Well, Balaam wouldn't curse the Israelites, so Satan had to use his plan B, his ace card, his trump card. He sent in the Moabite women to tempt the Israelite men into sexual immorality. And many of them died right there in the wilderness and never made it into the Canaan of, of the Old Testament. I believe that he's trying to do the same right now to prevent men from, from being the soldiers in the army of God. I mean that metaphorically, of course, uh, onward Christian soldiers with the gospel of Jesus Christ, not with the sword. Um, but he, we have this heavenly Canaan ahead of us. He's sending in the Moabite women again, right? Every alluring thing, whether it's pornographic websites or you're watching the basketball game and you got the commercials on, you got the cheerleaders of the football game, you've got the MTV on or the half show of the Super Bowl. I mean, it's just everywhere you look is lustful imagery that he's throwing to try to trip up the men as the Moabite women tripped up the men at that time. And um, you disrupt the family that way. He's, his assault has always been on the family. I know that's what you talk a lot about, Jonathan, and praise God, because we are at the opportunity. We have the pivot point in Earth's history, the final climactic moments where the hearts of the children can be returned to the hearts of the fathers and the hearts of the fathers to the hearts of the children. That's in the book of Malachi, the very last verse, actually, of the Old Testament. It says, before the great and dreadful day of the coming of the Lord, you will have this returning, this turning of the hearts toward each other again. Again, in the home, in the family. And that has, you know, metaphorical meaning as well. Uh, you know, our hearts with God's heart and the family of God, but in the church of God, but also in the very home, which is where the children are to learn the truths of God's law. It says in Deuteronomy 6, right after the Ten Commandments are written, it says, parents, talk about these commandments with your children as you rise up, as you lie down, as you walk by the way, and as you sit in your house. So you have your morning and evening worship. You're doing life together as you walk by the way. Talk of the things of God. And so that's God's plan is the restoration of the family. Jesus said in the last days, the hearts will be turned again against each other, right? He said, it'll be three against two and two against three. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. I believe that's in Luke chapter 12. But the hearts of the children will turn toward each other. They, they were pointed away, parents and children, family members, but they're turned toward each other in Malachi 4 in the last days. So Satan's Attempts will backfire because God has given us the power and promise of the cross of Calvary. Jesus overcame on every point, just as we are tempted. He, he was a human and human, uh, God in human flesh. And so when he faced those temptations, he, he overcame them point by point for 33 years. He also can give us that same victory. It's the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I mean, think about that. When we go transformed and renewed mind, that's just not some like lame scientific thing. It is scientific, but even more so, it's the very mind of Christ. He overcame, and he wants to give us his mind, and that's what it means to be renewed. So Satan is, is on the march. This is diabolical. It's uh, demonic, what's happening in the homes when these things are transpiring. Um, but we can resist the devil. He will flee from us. Uh, but don't forget the verse that precedes that. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. So we have to make decisions. Um, we can't just kind of float through this and, and have victory just by uh, passive action, not inaction. It says in the book Steps to Christ that everything depends on the right action of the will. So in order to defeat the devil, we have to take steps and make decisions that will put 
Jesus Christ in the driver's seat of our mind and heart and actions and remove Satan and he will flee. We talked about families. And so I'm moving to churches now and I'm wondering, are churches, are Christian churches doing enough to address pornography addictions? I mean, do they even understand the impact that it's having on dads, let alone families in general? I'm not hearing it talked about in, in churches much. Um, maybe I'm in the wrong places. Maybe uh, folks listening are, w- would answer in a more optimistic way to your question. Um, I'd love to see it dealt with um, head on. Head on. And, um, you know, to that bigger picture issue that you mentioned about, it's an, it's an attack on the image of God. That is so true because in Genesis chapter one, God made um, Adam and Eve male and female in his image, right? So his image is expressed and reflected in loving relationship of male and female. And um, so when, he dis- when, when Satan disrupts that, then it mars the image of God in man and disrupts the object lesson that God is trying to teach about selfless love, because the essence of lust and pornographic addictions are a quest for selfish pleasure, right? Um, So it it really just reflects Satan's character at that point. And I don't say that to bring condemnation uh, or regret and and remorse in the sense of of guilt and shame and a downward spiral of, of, of depression, because just remember, Jesus Christ died for every sinner, for every murderer, for every adulterer, and he offers you his free gift of salvation at his cost. He's our substitute on the cross. And so when we hang out in that place of guilt and shame and remorse, rather than walking in the, in the freedom and power of the cross and resurrection, then Satan, the accuser, is actually winning the victory over us. He's coming in and making us saying, you know, God can never forgive you of that. He's forgiven you so many times, but now he's out of forgiveness. Well, he's never out of forgiveness. Uh, if we want his forgiveness, it is there for the taking. And um, so I'll tell you that when we ruminate over our own failures, when we pass our brain over the same um, thoughts that, that the failure was, then we're actually enhancing those circuits in the brain. In other words, when you're just talking about and thinking about your failures, when you're identifying with those past sins and mistakes, instead of you confess it, you receive forgiveness, and now my sin is separated from me as far as the East is from the West. The Bible says God remembers your sin no more. So if I sit there and remember it and remember it and remember it, I'm passing the brain over the same circuitry as the behavior itself. I'm widening those pathways and thus increasing the likelihood of repeating the behavior. That's why God's plan for forgiveness isn't just some cheap grace thing. It, it, it really actually empowers us to gain victory. And when we, when we see the kindness of God, it leads us to repentance. When we see how good he is to me, I want to have a deeper relationship with him. And then I want the victory over it. And so when churches teach that and show that picture of God's character and the power of his resurrection, that it's about forgiveness and cleansing us from all unrighteousness during this time of the heavenly sanctuary cleansing, God wants to literally cleanse us and give us his mind and complete victory that we may be overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of his testimony. In Revelation chapters two and three, there are seven verses, exactly seven verses that say we will be overcoming in the last days. That's a promise. Is God able to keep us from falling? Of course he is. It says that in Jude, he is able to keep you from falling. Is he willing to? Of course he is the God of heaven who loves you so much. If he's able and he's willing, then of course he's going to do it. I just have to surrender my will to him. I don't have the willpower to overcome every temptation, but I have a will and he's got the power. So there's the willpower that's needed. What is the pathway 
And what resources do you offer for dads or that one dad that's listening right now that is trying to get out of a porn addiction and really struggling with it? What is the resource and what are the pathways out? We've got a DVD series called A Greater Lust, Addicted or Enslaved to Purity in a Pornographic World. Um, if you go to beltoftruthministries.org, you could order that DVD series. If you're um, listening in a place where, where, where shipping is prohibitive or you don't have a DVD player or whatever, go over to YouTube. And if you type in Addicted to Purity, Addicted to Purity, uh, Belt of Truth Ministries, you'll see an overview video that for, for the web traffic. Uh, that's, that's about a 90-minute session on the topic of lust and overcoming lust. The DVDs cover full six, DV, six, six parts. We wanted to give just the condensed version to those who might encounter our YouTube channel and get a, get a, get a glimpse of the highlights. So um, you'll, you'll, you'll see what we teach in that session through Belt of Truth Ministries. Um, there, there, there are game plans. There, you know, it's not like, well, you know, we just kind of throw up our hands and go, oh, what am I going to do? There are specific practical steps to be taken to overcome an addiction. Um, talking about it. That, that, that brings it out. You know, it, is your wife in the dark on this? Um, you've committed adultery. Talk to her about it in a way that is redemptive, in a way that uh, shows the, the, the power and the victory and the, and the commitment that's being made there. Um, also, uh, I, I mentioned diet earlier in the context of the family and the relationships, and it's amazing the power that living the eight laws of health brings to the brain. I would challenge anybody who's struggling with lust or any addiction, anybody who's struggling with irritability, with low feelings, and maybe you don't even know you're struggling with those, but you just do a 10-day thing like Daniel did, and you will find your brain is functioning differently after that 10 days. When, when you do something extreme like Daniel did, it's extreme by the world standards, but it's just the Garden of Eden diet. It's just what God appointed man originally. It's not something super crazy, but try just eating whole plant foods for 10 days and water only to drink. So no sugar, no, no junk food, no chips, no, no cheese pizzas, you know, just, just simple whole plant foods. And also watch your spice in, intake. For a lot of guys, spicy food can actually increase the lust factor and the lust quotient there. Um, so whole plant foods for 10 days drinking only water. We're dropping the cheese, the meat, the oil. I know this sounds crazy. You're probably dropping your favorite foods. You're dropping your candy bars and all that. Just give it a try and exercise daily. First thing in the morning, drink lots of water throughout the day, especially first thing in the morning. And then here's the key, getting to bed on time. Like literally go to bed at 9, 9.30 every night. Get up at 5 a.m., do that exercise before work. And if you're doing those, those items, there's a lot more that could be said. But just as far as the eight laws of health go, I guarantee you, and you come back to me and tell me if it worked, you get mad at me if I made you get, give up some of your favorite, favorite junk foods and, and it didn't <laughs> even work for you. You come and talk to me, but also you come and thank me when 10 days later, you feel like you have a whole lot more power over your thought life and your, your, your emotions and your anger and your lust. I, I, I can promise you God's methods will work. I'm going to list the resources that you mentioned. Uh, they will be in the description. Uh, so you can, people can click on it there and find an easy way to get there from there. So as we close up here, would you be willing to offer a prayer for the dads that are listening? If they can pray along with you as we close? Yeah, let's do that. 
Father in heaven, we thank you so much for Jesus Christ, for the cross and resurrection, and for his presence in our life, his Holy Spirit, and the holy angels that can come and surround us even right now as we pray together with confession of heart, knowing that you did not come to condemn, but to heal. You did not come to destroy, but to save. We want to be real men, and we want to be men of God. And we pray that you please forgive us for our sins in the past. And we know our new identity in Christ, even right now, is wholeness, righteousness, that that old man has gone, and behold, all things are new. I pray that you give us your power as we move forward to take practical steps. And if we slip and fail and struggle, we know a righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets back up. That is Christ's righteousness in us, the hope of glory. We thank you, Jesus, for hearing our prayer and sending your spirit to us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Scott, thank you so much for being with us. Really, really appreciate it. And to that dad that's listening, thank you as well for joining us. Once again, you can find a link to the resource that Scott mentioned by going to thefatherhoodchallenge.com and clicking under the episode description. 